Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is Patrick Butler, your host, and today I have another interview for you. So I've decided to interview some people close to me. Um, One, because I think it's cool that you get to ask them questions that you might not normally ask, even in hours and hours of typical conversation. Um, And two, because these people are rather interesting and what better place to start than with the people that I, I know and work with. And so Today, I have Zane Jan joining us on the podcast. Zane is currently the Chief Revenue Officer, the CRO of SunGrade Solar, another guy I work with, and he's a co-founder of the company. We have worked together for years in solar, and before that, in network marketing. That's where I actually met Zane, and it led to you know this whole thing that we have going on now. Uh, Zane is a real interesting person. He's got a lot of success under his belt for a very young age um, and has you know been killing it since he was in high school so uh, he has a unique story with his college experience unlike Andrew he did drop out of school but still recommends it Uh, so I hope you all enjoy this episode let me know uh, what you think of the podcast please subscribe if you like it and follow us on Instagram Knowledge Without College podcast. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to send them my way. Otherwise, enjoy this episode with Zane Jan. to the Knowledge Without College podcast. This is Patrick Butler, your host, and today I have with me Zane Jan. Now, I've known Zane for a few years now. Uh, We work together. We're in business together. We've done a few other businesses in the past that, you know, before this, and uh, so I want to ask Zane about his college experience, how it got him to here, and, uh, you know, just drill in those past I feel few like the years. intro should be a little bit more exciting. <laughs> How would you introduce yourself, Zane? I mean, do you do you do you watch like other podcasts by any chance? Yeah. How I does uh do. How does Gary V usually start? Do you know? No, I don't. Or Grant. I don't watch it. I guess I wonder what Joe. I wonder what Joe Rogan does. I actually am trying to think. He has that thing, and he goes, "Hello, gentlemen." You know, it's. I feel like it's like a. He goes like, "Hey, freak bitches." Yeah, yeah. He well, starts well, different well, he ways. has the music though. He has like yeah. the music. That oh, I'm gonna get a little music hey, track. Don't worry, there'll be a no, music no, no, track. No, no, no. But I mean this. more of just like the. Uh, I feel like you need to be like. This is crazy, you know. Like, don't got this, worry, person yo, this is pretty crazy. We got Zane Jam with us. Today. I know. I know. Don't worry, there'll be a cute little jingle before before this gets rolling. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, I guess you could always go back and do an intro, right? Especially because yeah. it's not in video. That makes sense to me. Cool. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate you having me on the podcast. Yeah, you know. Um, so Zane, you're you're just you would be graduating this spring, right? I I would be. So rather ahead of the curve, uh, which is you know very interesting. So. What tell us about what college did you go to? Went to the University of Rhode Island, and uh, you, you dropped out at some point. When did you drop out? Why did you drop out? So I dropped out. Um, you know, I kind of dropped out 
the day I got there because, you know, I knew going into college, I probably had it a little bit different than your stereotypical student where, you know, they're excited to go to college. You know, it's kind of their first year. And after a year or two, their dreams kind of get crushed in college. For me, I'd been exposed to all the issues with, you know, the education system, um, with college, um, and just the way things were being taught. So for me, when I was, you know, around 15 to 16 years old, I really got into reading more about the world, trying to get a better understanding of, you know, how people actually got success and how the world worked. And I was, I was always just like a really curious kid and I wanted to make sure that I knew everything about everything. Like it was very fun for me to sit there for like six hours and just learn about the world. And that always intrigued me, you know, whether it was learning about geography or learning about the way the mind works. Um, that was always interesting to me. So when I got into the section of kind of self-growth um, and personal development, that's what really sparked, you know, kind of a big difference for me because a lot of the older books didn't really preach not going to college because, you know, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, it wasn't really an issue where mm. people, you know, usually people weren't able to go to college. Whereas, you know, today, and especially in our, in our generation, it's almost frowned upon if you don't. So I started looking into this research and just reading these books and the way they were talking was very kind of, you know, even if it was, you know, like a, a, a Think and Grow Rich or, you know, just like an older, older book, not talking about dropping out of school, still really talked about, you know, like the people's mannerisms and the way entrepreneurs work. It's really not built for that education system. And then I started listening to modern entrepreneurs like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and Darren Hardy. And they had started floating around, you know, this concept of not going to school and just joining entrepreneurship and how entrepreneurship is not taught in schools. And it just can't be, um, you know, it is caught, it, it is taught by a, you know, a, a, you have to be curious enough to go out there and actually want to get the information, but B, you have to practice. Um, so for me going into college, long story short, I already knew that it wasn't for me. Um, in terms of the education, but I was actually more going for an experience because I knew that if I could get into college, if I could go to a school, is why I strategically picked the uh, University of Rhode Island, and if I could get into a school where I could build a social circle and get to know a lot of people, there was a way for me to make money there, and there was a way for me to get to know people, and there was a way for me to build something kind of long-term, and it could be kind of like my first real test at true entrepreneurship. Um, and then also it kind of got me away from my parents. It was a great excuse to uh, get away from home um, and kind of get uncomfortable because I knew that I would need to take that first step of getting away from, you know, everyone I knew and everyone I grew up with mm -hmm. and getting around people that I had never met before. I knew that putting me in that zone would kind of take me to take me to, to the next level. So that was kind of like my intro to school and the reason I dropped out. Um, you know, kind of before getting started. But uh, when you say drop out, like when I physically dropped out and signed the papers to withdraw from the University of Rhode Island, um, that was the end of my sophomore year. Um, you know, I'd kind of gotten all of the things that I wanted to get out of school. Um, and I had an opportunity that I needed to really jump on. And that, of course, is with you here at SunGrade Solar. But, you know, I knew I had to jump on this opportunity and that my little playtime practicing entrepreneurship in college was over and that it was time to kind of execute in the real world and 
bring all the things that I had learned over the past few years and actually apply them. So I guess that's my kind of uh, intro into why I dropped out. So you mentioned the self-help genre uh, and learning from people like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone. When did you first discover uh, that genre? When did you first get into it? How yeah, so so well, like I was saying, I first got into it when I was like, so the, the real truth behind it is I got into it when like YouTube came out. Um, so like 2006? Uh, not early YouTube. I, I guess when I say came out more when it got bigger. Um, you know, 05, 06, I think was kind of like the start of YouTube. But, um, you know, I would say more around like 08 was when I started talking to people and watching videos online. And there wasn't that much self-help out there that I had, you know, that I was cognizant of. But my uncle actually had led me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And I was probably like 13 years old or 14. 13? Yeah, Getting I was pretty young. Because he had every book, you know, mm -hmm. and he used it. Uh, he migrated here uh, from Jordan. So he, uh, he, he, he he's an entrepreneur himself. You know, he has many successful businesses and a lot of real estate, stuff like that. And when he got here, he would work all day and uh, go to school at night to learn English and uh in his in his spare time while while he was at work uh he used to work a night shift at a hotel uh you know when he, when he had spare time he'd read rich dad poor dad and a bunch of robert kiyosaki books so uh he got a lot of success and at the time at least i thought it was a crazy amount of success now looking back it's like there's so much more to go mm -hmm. um but uh he kind of sparked me onto it and i did it kind of lightly took it with moderation but when i got like 15 to 16 that's when I got more into entrepreneurship, got introduced to um, kind of the affiliate marketing world with Vima. Um, and that was really fun. And that's where, you know, full force, it was just like, let me get every ounce of information I can right now while I'm 16 years old so that by the time I'm 18 or 19, I can already be, you know, 100 miles ahead of everyone. So you already flipped the switch before... Uh, before you were going to college, before you graduated high school, you'd already... Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I probably dropped out of college when I was 16 years old um, <laughs> because, you know, I already knew I already knew what yeah. I was going to do. You yeah. know, like I, I almost like had a plan. It was almost like a little evil, mischievous plan mm -hmm. to to drop out of school, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... I actually at one point wanted to drop out of high school, but I knew that at the time I didn't have any avenues that would... That would uh, that would let that would be even it wouldn't even be worth it to drop mm -hmm. out of high school at the time and at the same time i knew that that was probably the one thing in society that was already such a you know it, it was almost a requirement it felt like to me um and not n not really for people but something that i think everyone just needs to kind of finish like i think i think high school uh you're not fully developed you don't really know yourself i mean just from now you know from high school until now like my life's changed, you know, completely. It's been a complete 180. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't imagine having to leave early and not fully develop. So I think it's good um, that people get to high school and actually stay there until, you know, until they're around 18 or 19. Yeah, there's already a pressure to graduate college, mm -hmm. never mind the pressure to graduate high school. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Uh, interesting. So, I mean, with that being said, you planning on knowing that you're going to drop out of college? I mean, it wasn't like, I don't want to lie and say that it was like, I picked a date and yeah, I wanted yeah. to drop out. But knew. in the back of my head, the reason I was going to college had nothing to do with the actual GPA, resume, or education. Mm -hmm. So let's say you could go back to when you're uh, applying for colleges, you know, doing the SATs, that whole frenzy. 
would you even suggest for yourself to to go through with it again looking back now yeah totally so the reason i say that is just because i actually got so much out of the one to two years i was there um not because again not education in terms of you know formal education but all the you know the education that wasn't formal all of the all of the stuff that sometimes it's hard for people to learn and i think actually takes people a long time to learn about things like social circles and just kind of social personal dynamics um, and just getting to better know people. And actually for me, the coolest thing was I read a book and I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it was uh, something about this kid that like went to college and like took over his college in terms of, you know, just partying girls, like the whole deal. He like took over his campus and the whole book, I wish I could remember the name, but he talked about like that di- he talked about like the dynamics of you know owning your social circle and like mm-hmm. being at the top of it so for me i think for most people they would have a different answer and i can't relate to them but i think for me i so strategically planned college before i got there yep. that it wasn't really a mistake and there's not too much i could go back on in college i think there were some mistakes um you know i think i would have focused more on uh what i'm talking about in terms of the social circle um and taking over a little bit more power and getting a little bit more uh you know out of it but i you know again i think i think i did what i could Mm -hmm. um and when i say that like to me what's very important about college um and the reason i loved it a is picking the right college right so i got so lucky like if i ended up at a school where it was hard to practice social dynamics and there wasn't really, you know, like a hierarchy um, in like who you were and, you know, there wasn't really clicks and it wasn't like you could be cool because, you know, at the end of the day, people always talk about clicks and, you know, sometimes a lot of times in a negative way. I actually think it's pretty good. And the reason I say that is because at the end of the day in life, you determine where you're going to be. If you're, you know, if, you, if you're a 1% and you're wealthy, the odds of you hanging around someone that, you know, makes 40 or $50,000 a year are very low. You don't get anything out of them. There's no value. It's almost like you're losing value. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about college is you can almost practice this 1% theory um, without money. You know, it's kind of like a game. Yeah. You know, you can get into the 1% of mm-hmm. like the social circle and you got to have the right school though. You know, there's, I'd say, you know, 60, 70% of schools aren't built for that. But there are like a 30% of schools and they're usually kind of labeled the party schools mm-hmm. that are built for that. Um, and that's what I really got out of it. So did you apply to multiple party schools? Did mm-hmm. you apply to a yeah. lot of different ones? Or I actually didn't apply to many schools because I knew exactly what I wanted out of it. Um, and uh, for me, I knew I kind of wanted to stay in the Northeast. Uh, I like that area. So I went online and you know, a friend of mine, also a friend of yours, Michael, uh, MJ, he, uh, you know, he was in a fraternity called Pike and I was like, I want to be in this fraternity. Seems cool. Looking it up online seemed like, seemed like the fraternity with the most attention on mm-hmm. it. So to me, you know, I was like, this is where I need to go. So I looked up the number one kind of Pi Kappa Alpha in the Northeast and, uh, it's not really easy to look up because you're looking you have to understand the dynamics of how college work and what makes a fraternity number one. And sometimes it's not, it's ranking in terms of 
you know, by the actual larger organization or by a college, but by what other people say about it. So I found a site that reviewed all of the local fraternities in the Northeast and URI's Pike had a lot of people almost kind of talking bad about it and in, in kind of a good way. So you found that attractive. Yeah, I found yeah. it, I found it attractive in terms of, uh, you know, following Grant Cardone, the biggest thing is like, go where the unpopular people go in terms of the unpopular people to society, yep. you know, where there's a lot of attention, where there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, stuff going on. There's a lot of criticism mm -hmm. and they were getting criticism that to me seemed positive, you know, yeah. it's like all they do is care about themselves or, you know, they work out too much, you know, stuff like that, you know, yeah. and it was all stuff that I knew was just, you know, people kind of just talking BS, like, mm -hmm. like they were saying that they cared about themselves. That's not bad. You know, yeah. to me, I don't view that as selfish. I think everyone should uh, definitely take care of themselves. Yeah. So I, I went in almost with a cheat code, knowing what I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where I got lucky. So you really premeditated your whole college experience, knew what you were going for. And, you know, I think we both know there's a stigma out there that there's a lot of people that get a college degree or an education that is absolutely useless. And that it's likely they had no idea, you know, what they were going for mm -hmm. initially. Would you, would you recommend to people to, you know, chart out ahead of time or, or kind of stab into I mean, all the time? Seriously, or? if I could get into a, the mind of a 15 or 16 year old entrepreneur, that's probably like the demographic I'd want to hit forever. Mm -hmm. um, that demographic is so fun to me because you're not fully developed, but there's a lot of pressure on you. Right. So like. 15 or 16 year old usually is probably one of the most, you know, insecure ages of your life. You know, you're, you, you, you're in high school. This is where like, you know, you're like kind of determining your next step. You know, you're mm -hmm. like a sophomore in high school, yep. you know, clicks start to become a real thing. You know, you find the girl that you want to date or, you know, you find the sports team you want to join. You know, there's all these kind of stereotypical things going on. So I think that's where someone really chooses almost like the path you know of their next kind of you know i wouldn't say life but of their next kind of five to ten years yeah it's where they kind of choose like their identity and what they're going to mm -hmm. do you know you see the sports kids you know i think it's a stereotype but you know they want to become you know like finance majors you know they look at the whole wall street thing as something that's very attractive or lawyers or something yeah. like that you know a competitive exactly like like the competitive kind of people and then you see the people that you know might be kind of the outcast you know they you know they might not be that like they might be called nerds and, and they like to go more towards like the you know like the the uh, engineering route or the programming route which to me now is like something i regret not getting into by the way um but anyways I think getting into the mind of a 15 year or 16 year old uh, is so powerful because I think they have so much power at that time and they, they're at a point in their life. Anyone who tells you that time isn't important is very stupid to me because I think they're at a point in their life where timing is very important and where they can pick a path that will get them success as fast as possible. I think you mm -hmm. can be successful whenever, but I think if you make the right moves at 15 and 16, you can be there by 22 like myself, you know? So that 15, 16 year old that's into entrepreneurship, would you recommend that they go to college or would you tell them to just dive into business? I think it all depends about, you know, it. all of it depends on kind of where they're at. Um, you know, A, if they can afford to go to college, you mm -hmm. know, I think if they have to, um, you know, go to college, 
again, to a place where they don't have things like social dynamics and they can't, you know, they can't really practice, uh, you know, organizations like Greek life. I honestly think it's a waste of time because to me, again, the most valuable component of college was building a social circle and getting to the top of it. Mm -hmm. um, it gave me a mission. It gave me an obstacle. Then also getting some college debt helped out too because it was my first real responsibility in life where I had to fully take it on. Um, and it was a lot of money, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that, you know, I, 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 I owed, you know, and, uh, to me, I think taking that on, taking on a loan and then having to pay it back off, even though I think the reasoning behind it, you know, isn't that smart in, in, in uh, my opinion, I think putting yourself in like a little financial burden almost gets you uncomfortable, gets you creative and puts a little pressure on you. And yeah. I think, uh. I think it's a small enough amount where if you're an entrepreneur that's actually going to be successful, you're going to look back and, you know, $50,000, $100,000 won't really matter to you. So I think it's something that's very smart. So I would recommend it to them if they were going to make the right moves and go to a place where they could actually grow socially uh, and really find themselves and find their identity. But if they were to go to college and just kind of just go for the classes and the educational material... I really think there's not a lot they could learn there. So I, mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't recommend it if they uh, didn't have any other choices. Got it. So you knew at the end of your sophomore year, it was time to pivot out of college into business yeah. uh, because an opportunity presented itself to you. Totally. Uh, you know, did you receive a lot of resistance when you made that decision to switch or what yeah. was that like? Totally. But as you can tell, I've been very about, you know, since a young age, 15, 16, about making decisions for myself, mm -hmm. right? Like I never let anyone make decisions for me or my parents or anyone. I let them guide me. I let them give me, you know, um, information, tell me stories, you know, tell me about their experiences. But for me, I always made my decisions because I was kind of like a really, I just have a naturally disruptive personality. You know, I was disruptive in fifth grade. I was disruptive in first grade. Like I was disruptive in high school, always getting in trouble with teachers, always speaking my word, always kind of questioning um, the uh, status quo. So I naturally kind of had that in me. So I didn't go to college for anyone but myself, mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, I would become successful by learning some of the things I could in college um, that I was planning to do. So for me, I definitely got a lot of criticism um, like uh, funny, funny stories. Right. But like I had, you know, my parents freaking out, my parent, you know, my uh, mom crying. How'd you break it to them? I just told him one day I was like, Hey, uh, this is kind of the way I am uh, with, with a lot of people, even with friends. I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is like my purpose. This is my deal. Uh, if you're on board, I love you. Thank you so much. If you're not, uh, you know, it's cool, but I'm still going to do it. And, uh, if you don't support me, well, fuck you, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's always kind of been my attitude and it got to a point, man, where it was crazy. Like also, I don't think I've ever actually told anyone this, but, um, my parents are freaking out. It is like when we first moved out here to California, my parents are freaking out. My, my uncles, like my cousins are like talking crap to me. And, and, and let me put it in this perspective. None of them, not one of them, the only uncle that was even like mildly supportive was the one that, you know, had the most success. Was that the rich dad, poor dad? That, that was the rich dad, poor dad. 
he was the most successful one. Yeah. Every other one, right? Like maybe 100 grand a year, maybe maybe 200, 300 grand a year at tops. Financially not successful, didn't seem happy, didn't seem like the best family lives. There were mm-hmm. still problems in the family, you know. To me, I looked at that and just went, these are not, this is not what I'm taking advice from. But they all were saying stuff. And looking back now, it's pretty crazy because it's completely changed. And I'll tell you that part. But they had like my cousin fly out to me, right? Like my first month here. Uh, and they made it, they like framed it. They like, uh, they like framed it as and he's just coming to visit and check in on me. Yeah. Turns into this like four hour dinner, you know, confrontation of how I should go back to school, how I need to make a commitment to go back. Wow. Like this whole thing, right? And I was just sitting there. I was so mad that night when they did that. Like, I kind of just, like, like I let him stay here for two or three days. But, like, internally, I was just like, oh, I can't wait to just really. And it wasn't about proving them wrong. But it was, like, just show them what's real and what reality is. Because it seemed like they had fog, you know, in their in the in their mirror in their glasses or whatever right like it seemed like they didn't know what was going on and it was so i was like are you joking like i'm starting a company yeah. you know i'm doing this on my own like i'm getting money i'm making more than the average american you know like day one here mm-hmm. like what part of this seems like scary to you and now it's at the point where like they literally it's it's weird when, yeah. when i interact with my family now it's like I'm on some level where they're kind of, you know, inferior to me. And it's not like I think like that. It's that I go into these, you know, these family gatherings and I'm the dominant role. And it's crazy because I've always kind of, you know, had that personality. But even with the, the elders that are, you know, 50, 60 years old that my whole life I've looked up to have raised me. It's like, I'm the dominant figure, you know, I'm the figure in power. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's figured it out. I'm the, you know, the one that's, that's like the most ahead. So to me, that's just very crazy. But, you know, again, I got all that criticism, but now it's at the point where like, it's weird. Like criticism doesn't exist. Like, like it does, but at such a different level, you know, it's like different decisions. It's criticism about, you know, maybe business moves or, or, you know, targets or goals, but it's never criticism about the path the path i'm doing you know mm-hmm. that's uh that's that's really interesting especially the story about them mm-hmm. like sending your yeah my cousin, cousin out, out here he's like an agent yeah exactly you know and he was like you know 28 you know did the whole college deal and you know worked through and you know yeah i think he has this, you know he has a very successful career and he does mm-hmm. fine you know he's not some bum or anything yeah but at the same time it was just like i knew what i was doing was was something that you know i was really happy with and i the crazy part about him was i actually really look up to him still and you know he's a great cousin and he also has a disruptive personality i think and would do very well in entrepreneurship and he always talks about it so to me it was crazy that it was coming from him but Mm -hmm. you know happens wow um so a lot of your peers that you were in college with are graduating in the next few months yes they are are you still in touch with a lot of them or uh i I wouldn't say they all know me. Yeah. They all reach out to me. Um, lately, I've kind of gone into the mode where, not that I want to break those relationships off, but again, like if you're, you know, going back to that one percenter analogy, like one percenter is not going to hang around someone that's making 40 grand a year. 
um, well, fine. It's not just financially. Mm-hmm. It's also like mentally and in, in, in like where you're at and the level they're at. The friends that you know I have now that I can you know I can have conversations at a higher level with about deeper stuff. The friends I have from college, it's a lot harder to have those conversations. So there's definitely you know a handful that I keep in touch with that I kind of you know have big plans with and you know I see you know having big futures and being successful. But um, most of them, you know, again, it's they all know me. They text me. They say happy birthday that deal but uh definitely no kind of personal or intimate relationships with them interesting so uh if you could give one piece of advice to you know either that 15 16 year old or, or an 18 year old that's really torn about going to college or not uh what would that advice be one piece of advice yeah. the 15 or 16 year old that's torn about going that to per, college like you mentioned earlier you know that you're you're kind of at this if age you go choosing yeah. your path yeah yeah so if you go, you better have a strategy and a plan and know exactly what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I looked at my campus. I knew exactly where I was gonna live. I knew exactly what fraternity I was gonna join. I already knew going into the college, I probably knew more than the people that were already in the college about the social dynamics there. I studied it like a book, you know? Um, I would say do that. But if you're being forced to go somewhere that you might, not want to go or that you know doesn't have dynamics like that don't do it i I would run away um you know i would i would figure out your own deal you're better off going working a job for nine or ten or fourteen dollars an hour um and earning like a real kind of living uh making money for yourself and put some liability on yourself like get that car lease you can't afford or take out that loan or go buy something that you can't afford and i don't say that you know out of stupidity but like Put some intention out there, like give yourself responsibility to take. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that fail, I think, or that you know give up on life don't have enough responsibility. For me, I realize the easier my life's getting and the more responsibility um, that I have, um, you know, kind of correlates directly with my success. Like I'm happy because. I have a lot of shit to take care of, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a million things that could go wrong that, you know, I'm responsible for in my life. So that's what I think drives me and almost gives me like this, this, uh, this reasoning and this purpose to keep moving forward and getting through the hard times. I think if you don't have, you know, anything to push you again, you have no liability, you have no responsibility. And I think it's really hard to, to, uh, stay motivated. Yeah. I think that's some really great advice. And uh, my next question would be for those people that maybe are definitely entrepreneurial minded, they know it and they want to transition maybe out of college or they're coming out of college or right out of high school and they want to go into business. Where Do you have any recommendations on where they should start or how they should get involved? Yeah. And I think, you know, this is a cliche answer. I think you know the answer to it. But for me, it's sales, you know? I think sales rules all. I think sales is where you find yourself. Sales is where you will get the most rejection in your life. Sales is, you know, a place where you're just going to get beat down. You're going to get crushed. You're going to get thrown. You're going to figure out persuasion tactics. You're going to learn how to how to get people from one point to another. You know, you're just going to get so much life experience out of this one thing called sales. So I, I think everyone's first real job so i think you know everyone should get that 
the hourly job for a year or two so they can figure out what it feels like to clock in and clock out and you know always get to pay the same amount you know maybe walk into your boss's office one day and get a 10 cent raise and that's a thing you know like literally it's crazy yeah. like I, I think literally i got something like that like a 10 or 20 cent raise on my paycheck at staples once wow and that's what they told me and i was just like what an hour yeah like an hour like this is gonna make you this much more you know time. yeah exactly crazy like seriously it was it was mind-blowing to me but um i think everyone should experience that but preferably get that out you know in your high school days and then 18 years old i think get right into a sales job whether it's real estate whether it's insurance whether it's you know door to door whether it's you know whatever it is get into sales so you can figure out how to sell because i'll tell you one thing is a really cool concept i've been thinking about sales isn't hard if you think about it very rare to you know to have a very hard sales job mm -hmm. all you're doing is just making a transaction for a company that already has some sort of service or product that pro people want that product or service. There's people out there that want that product or service. There's people that sure as hell need it. Mm -hmm. All you gotta do is make the transaction happen. The reason salespeople exist is because products sometimes don't sell themselves and they need someone to service and explain and demo the products. So at the end of the day, if you're a really good salesperson, it really isn't like selling because you master the art of being able to create a cycle where you can give someone a product or a service and in exchange, you know, get compensated for. And to me, that's so valuable because even if you're broke, even if you have nothing, there's always a service or a product that needs to be sold. There's a transaction that needs to, you know, have happened. Mm -hmm. Someone always needs that. It's so valuable. If you can walk up to someone right now, right? And let's use basketball as an analogy because I'm looking at one. Um, say they have 100 basketballs and on average they're selling five basketballs a month if you can tell them hey you know mr joe i'll sell 15 basketballs a month for you right now you're selling five they will hire you in a second because you just increase production for them so i think sales is so important because it's a skill that will never go away i think you won't always be literally you know be a salesperson in terms of sit there and you know make transactions for for a single product but i think whether it's you know you getting real estate um trying to negotiate down a deal trying to get you know your way trying to get your friends to go out to dinner trying to get the girl you know you really like um to uh, go on a date with you it's always a transaction there's always an exchange right mm -hmm. you want to get the girl to go out with you there's an exchange there you took her out to dinner you paid for dinner in exchange, she gave you her time. Mm -hmm. You figured out how to make that exchange happen because you know you wanted her time. So it's understanding exchange. And when you get really good at sales, you get really good at making good deals in life. And you can and you can give X and get Y whenever you want. So you can really understand value. And uh, I think value is really important because you can understand what it is you're doing and you can understand the value behind it. And then you can understand the value of something that you want. And you can measure that out and figure out how much you need to push and pull. And that's a skill set that I think everyone needs to get at some point, um, as well as, of course, all the other stuff that comes with it, like the rejection. Excellent. Wow. Unbelievable advice. Uh, 
those are all the questions I have for you. Do you have any specific requests for the audience uh, before we sign off here? No real specific request. Just uh, to me, I think one of the biggest things is find yourself and you know become self-aware. Understand who you are because the minute you do, no one can really sway you in the wrong direction. The issue with a lot of people is they're getting a lot of misinformation and being swayed a hundred different ways. Mm-hmm. Figure out yourself, find yourself, and no one will be able to steer you in the wrong direction. And I think that's powerful because you're almost guaranteed success. Once you figure that out, you know exactly where you want to go. You, mm-hmm. you know the destination you're trying to hit. So now there's no time to be wasted because you're doing things that are productive that are going to get you to where you want to go might take 10 years or 20 years or 30 years but you're not wasting time if you're wasting time every minute you know if you're doing the wrong thing every minute you're doing it you're you're just wasting time and if you're doing something wrong like a lot of people do for 20 or 30 years of their life well they just wasted 20 or 30 years instead of moving towards their target and their goals excellent well thank you very much for uh joining us today zane they can find you on instagram at zj official uh, I actually don't know my Twitter. It's pretty bad, but I think it's Zane J official or something like that. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook too, Zane Jan. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. And uh, if you have any uh, feedback about this episode or any questions for Zane, let me know. We'll do a follow up. Talk soon.